Hey, hi, how are you? Welcome to episode 21 of the Mia Sunrope podcast. I am your host again, Susie Schaff. Uh, we only have one match to unpack for you, but it's Freiburg, a great 4 0 win. Joining me today uh, is Mark Almstedt, who also writes for Mia Sunroads. And a very, very dear friend, Adrian Serdal, who writes about Freiburg for Bundesliga Fanatic. Uh, when I first encountered Adrian online, he was a Bayern fan with a Freiburg problem. Uh, but these days, he's a Freiburg fan with a Bayern problem. It's a great episode. We're doing the match and then some surrounding gossip about the club. Uh, Tuchel comes into play. Um, Wagner, Ulreich, are they going to the World Cup? What's going on? Thank you guys, as always, for listening and being a part. And uh, yeah, enjoy the episode. Episode 21. Woohoo! We're finally legal of the Mia Sun Rope podcast. We're going to call this episode Strike Back. Um, so we only have one match to talk about today. This one was not quite as embarrassing for Freiburg than the Hinrunde result by one goal, but Munich still managed to pull off quite a successful match with a very unfamiliar starting 11. Today, I am joined by fellow Mia San Roter, Mark Almstedt. Say hi, Mark. Hello. And I am so, so, so very happy to have our special guest, Adrian Sertl, here with us today. He writes for Bundesliga Fanatic and is one of my dearest Twitter friends in the world. Say what's up, Adrian. Hello, everyone, especially Susie. Yay! I'm so very happy you're here with us today. Uh, um, I think you were... Were you on with us more than once on the old podcast? Uh, I was on once with you and then once while you were in London celebrating the uh, 2013 Champions League. Oh, yeah, I was really drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was neck and champagne out of the bottle. <laughs> I remember doing that. No, no way. stop it. I, so I remember a funny story about that before we get started into everything. Um. I was writing for ESPN FC at the time and I had to turn in my match review. Right. So, but we were out partying the whole, the whole night. We tried to sneak into the Bayern, the private party. Right. And then uh, we had another like private party for uh Beva Bay and Bayern fans that I was invited to, but we were all over London. It was a big hot mess. And then we didn't want to go to sleep yet because we were still so happy about, the win that um, downstairs in my hotel, <laughs> me and a friend of mine, we just bought a bottle of champagne each and sat there in the lounge and necked it straight from the, <laughs> straight from the bottle. So I had to, but then I had to go up and write the article, right? And I I was 
I was drunk. I mean, there is no other word for it. And I had to type that article with one eye closed. Your poor editor. <laughs> no, and my editors knew. They're my editors. They knew. <laughs> They're like, "You doing okay?" And I'm like, "Yeah." Because yeah. <laughs> generally, I'm pretty flawless as far as like spelling or punctuation or whatever. And I'm like, I have no idea what condition this article is going to be in, <laughs> but it will definitely be in, right? And I po- I posted it, and like four of the editors throw me back they're like this is surprisingly much better than we thought, <laughs> thought it was going to be and I'm like I am an awesome drunk writer <laughs> this is amazing oh gosh anyway so nice little segue to start off the show absolutely <laughs> But let's get to the heart of things. We're going to have a little bit of fun today um, because it wasn't an English of all here and we're only chatting about one match, um, which is nice. But but there are a couple other things to chat about. We have the silly, silly ass rumor of Streich to Bayern. Um, some discussions over Nils Pedersen versus uh, Sandro Wagner to appear in Russia and uh does does Sven Ulreich merit consideration for the same? And finally, Hankus has gone on public record about Tuchel's suitability for Bayern next season. Are we done now with all the dumb rumors? And what might we expect going forward? Um, but before we get into all the trashy rumors and such, we're going to talk about this Freiburg match. So, ah. Uh, but before, actually, before we talk about that, Adrian, um, what are your feelings on on Freiburg this season? And can can you give us a, a bit of a general rundown on form, um, how you're feeling about the team, basically whatever you want to say? Sure, no problem. I I like the off off air. I like the way you described it, Susie. That before I was a Bayern fan with a small Freiburg problem, and now I'm a Freiburg fan with a teensy weensy Bayern problem. It's good to have, I guess. <laughs> right. Absolutely. <laughs> for those Euro- for those European nights that I'm sadly missing. Uh, more on that later. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I guess to be sort sort of to, I guess to kick it off, it's hard to. <laughs> So we're sitting in sitting in 13th place. It's really hard to, I guess, expect anything anything in addition to that. If, you know, especially given the way, um, especially given the way that we, you know, we lost two of our two of our best two of our best playmaking two of our best playmaking uh, players, I guess, in in, in Vincenzo Grifo to Munchen Gladbach, and of course Maximilian Philip to to, to to Dortmund, and we. You look, if you look at the if you're looking at the statistics and even at, at the at just a quick glance over at the matches, our problem is we're we're having difficulty scoring goals, creating chances, that type of thing. We haven't been able we weren't able to replace uh, the quality of those two those two players in the summer. Uh, we brought in um, Bartosz Kapuska on loan from Leicester, but he's been hurt most of the season. That was sort of like a one of those heralded well, a bit of a heralded signing where we were kind of putting our money on him being, uh, you know, 
an X hurt. factor. <laughs> right. he, well, just just to be able to contribute, to be able to contribute to sort of maybe shoulder some of the load that uh, that Griefo and uh, and Philip uh, obviously left us. Uh, it hasn't it hasn't helped uh, in the sense that uh, Florian Niederlechter, our leader uh, Niederlechner, pardon me, our uh, our uh, top scorer from last season is basically uh, he's done for the season. He uh, after collided with a teammate in training, fractured a fractured a kneecap, and so uh, so was that. So the burden's been sort of uh, shifted to Niels Peterson to 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 score all the goals, which he actually scored 50% of Freiburg's goals and 50% of those from the spot. So with that sort of preamble out of the way, um, to be honest with you, it's not. We're not, I'm not. I'm not disappointed in where we're at. Freiburg is a is a club that you know that has aspirations for the Bundesliga, but it's not altogether surprising if if we go down. Um, and you know, I would I would suggest that most fans most fans feel that way too. It's not a it's not a huge it's not a huge disappointment. Of course, we'd like to play in the top flight, but it's not a huge disappointment to see the club go down. And you know, it's you know. would you, would you say would you say that the fandom would be happy to not be in to be in any places above relegation or above the threat of relegation? Is that a fair assessment? Oh, of course. I think that, you know, safety is, is always something that it's, it's sort of a safety first mentality, you know, get to the, whatever threshold it is, 35, 40 points, uh, and secure your spot. And, uh, and if you go down, you go down, uh, in terms of in terms of how the season's gone so far, I mean, started off really really poorly. Right. <laughs> um, I'm having so in the first in the first six match days, we managed. We, I think we only managed uh, we managed two goals in the first six match days. And you don't you don't win a whole lot of games scoring two goals in. I do the math. <laughs> right. <laughs> However many minutes that is. Uh, and then we managed. We managed to sort of turn that around, uh, leading up to the leading up to the winter break. Went unbeaten in nine, and that sort of buoyed us uh, to a, a, you know, give us some confidence. Got us out of the bottom of the, you know, out of the out of the relegation fight where we, you know, we were. I think now we're five points from the playoff spot. So it's one of those things where uh, a, a good run of form combined with some poor runs of form for some of the uh, competitors nearby and, and and we've ma- we've managed to sort of pull ourselves out of the muck um, <laughs> I'm, even e- even though we've had uh, have had a couple of uh, poor runs in form we've always had uh, poor FC Cone to uh, to prop us up we've never managed to be in the bottom <laughs> so, <laughs> Aww. you know well, it, this is such a it, this is such a weird um Bundesliga season in general, correct? I oh, mean, yeah. Bayern Bayern can now win the league in March. Um, which is, I was actually going. To, I actually wanted to be the first to congratulate you on winning the league because <laughs> I, I, I don't. I don't see any way. You know. I mean, you know that you know the goal impact site online on Twitter, right? Yes. Where it has the percentages of like where teams can place. Bayern is now just at 100%, and there are no other boxes for them. 
<laughs> oh yeah, that's I. I can't see you. What, what has there nine match days left? You're not going 0-0 and nine, right? <laughs> yeah. While Schalke wins out, right? Yeah, no, it's just kind of crazy. But <clears throat> this, especially with uh, Ancelotti at Bayern at the first half of the season, this is something that other teams could have um, maybe capitalized on. Like uh, Bayern is good, but they're not great. And especially under Ancelotti, they were definitely not great. Um, this season or last season, it seems to me, would have been the perfect time for somebody else in the league to upend Bayern uh, to take home the salad plate. But it hasn't happened. And and to me, it's just kind of weird that the way that uh, that the way the season is going, it's really really competitive. Other than Bayern Munich. But it really, I mean, I don't know, Adrian, Adrian or Mark, uh, it, it really shouldn't be that way, I don't think. Oh, no, I, I, I was reading, I think I was reading a statistic online today saying that uh, ever, the, the, in the past, I don't know if it's the past 10 match days, um, the team in second place after a Bayern uh, has, hasn't won. So any team that was in second place in the match day playing their next match hasn't won. So it's, uh, <laughs> if you wanted it any more gift wrapped, <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> I mean... It's right. it's it's incredible. Right, that's kind of crazy. Mark, do you do you tend to to agree with that, or I don't know. It it just seems like um, there's Bayern who aren't great, and then there's a lot of mediocrity and crazy results happening underneath. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, it, it goes back to the rest of the bigger teams in the Bundesliga not being able to hang on to their players. You know, it's. Dortmund selling off, you know, um, Dembele and and Aubameyang. I mean, you, you can't expect to compete with Bayern if you can't hang on to your top talent. And, you know, I think the rest of the teams in the league are just looking at Bayern as, all right, whatever, they're Bayern. They're going to do what they're going to do. And yeah, and, and we'll this. just we'll try and get Champions League and <laughs> be satisfied with it, which is it's a shame. But, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, you know, as Bayern supporters, I'm I'm not going to argue. I'm always happy. To win the, I'm not. I'm always happy to win the league. Um, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little segue before we uh, actually chat about the Freiburg match and um, how uh, upset do you think Pierre Emerick Aubameyang is right now at Arsenal? <laughs> Oh boy! <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm laughing because I think it's hilarious. <laughs> if I thought he cared about winning, I might actually think he was upset. But I think he's getting paid, so you know how upset well, can he be? <laughs> I think I think caring about winning and Arsenal are two uh, are two very very different, different things. things. Exactly. I mean, if you're gonna get paid, go to China. Yeah. Because yeah. that's well, like that's like twice, twice, there. twice to four times the amount of money that you'd be making at Arsenal, which is silly. But I mean, if it was only about the money, I thought he was actually supposed to go there, and then when China finally clamped down a little bit with the um, just buying as many players as they wanted to, those rumors kind of died down a little bit, but. 
I mean, still, I think it's, you know, he's going to England where, you know, it's higher profile in a lot of respects. And, you know, Arsenal's, even though they haven't won anything in forever other than the FA Cup, I guess. But, you know, it's it's a good marketing opportunity, I think, for him. But apart from that, yeah, I, I just don't see I mean, any benefit to it at all. They're just a hot mess. I, terrible. I, I, I've I've always I've always looked at Arsenal Twitter as like one of the worst supporting groups. On <laughs> oh my god, my Arsenal friends are going to kick my ass for saying that. <laughs> but they're they're awful because they're they're so like up and you know they're very very up and down. It's like the U.S. men's national team Twitter, which is almost as terrible. <laughs> I'm not making any friends here. <laughs> it's all right. We're still here with you. <laughs> all right. Before before people start turning off the podcast en masse, <laughs> let's actually move on to the Freiburg match. <laughs> Shall we? Absolutely. Yes. So um, it was 4-0 for Bayern. And, and uh, in the 25th minute... This this was kind of a weird goal. I thought it went into the side netting, and I couldn't believe it was actually scored. I had to really look at the replay to a couple of times to see what happened. It was a Schwolo own goal with a Thomas Muller assist. Um, and even though it was an own goal, does does this rank in 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 kind of Thomas Muller's most Thomas Muller goal ever? Does it get a ranking here, Mark? Uh, yeah, I don't think there's a more quintessential Muller goal. <laughs> like, <laughs> just the ugliest, like, scrappiest get-it-done type of goal. And, you know, that's Thomas Muller. <laughs> the first – oh, sorry. The first – honestly, the first thing I, I thought of when I when I saw it go in was that he totally – he totally meant to do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It, it wouldn't surprise me if he did, Adrian. And it really wouldn't surprise me if he did. But, it, you know, like he looks at the goalkeeper and he's like, you know, he's playing like a, like a bank shot in pool. He's like, yeah. oh, I can do this here. And it goes right in. And there we go. And I get to go back to my horses. Only, <laughs> only he double kissed it off of Soyuncu's leg first. <laughs> to get it, like, he passed the ball off of our defender's leg to himself to pass it back off the goalkeeper. And goalkeeper and like it was... <laughs> I, yeah, I, I said, I, I just, I, I, I was watching. I thought that is the, yeah, that is, you said it right. That is the quintessential Tomas Miller goal. <laughs> so <laughs> it, as nuts and as ugly slash beautiful as that was, um, three minutes later, Quentin Toliso scored an absolute screamer from outside the box, uh, giving Thiago Alcantara his first assist this season. And as... As weird as Müller's goal was, Talisa's was as beautiful. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's no. There's no doubt about that. I, those are the types of goals I dream, I always would dream about scoring. Just those screamers from from miles away, and it was it was an absolute peach. No just, complaints here. Ah. Just I curved curved perfectly into the top corner. And Schwolo would uh, 
he was never going to get there. No, I mean his his, uh, his midfield his midfield uh, didn't didn't do him much help by basically giving Tolisso acres of space to line up the shot. You know, probably go out for a go out for a pint, <laughs> come, come back, wipe his feet, and then take the shot. Like it was it was kind of it was a bit embarrassing in that sense. Just all the room he had. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're going to talk about our midfields and everything going forward. Um, mm-hmm. After the half, at the 54th uh, minute, uh, Sandro Wagner got on the board with a pretty much simple tap-in and assisted by Thomas, who was just managing to have a hell of a match. Um, mm-hmm. Sandro Wagner has... Uh, I, I, I think he, in this match... He really started to show um, some good work and some good understanding with Muller. We'll get back into that a little bit later. Uh, but then we have one more goal to discuss at the 69th minute. Haha, <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> you always have to say nice. <laughs> Thomas Muller actually got on the scoreboard. It wasn't an own goal um, with a lovely Joshua Kimmich assist. Um, getting getting into the, the tactics and some setups. So, how are we feeling about the four one four one without Coman, Frank Ribery, who had the stomach flu, or Aryan Robin, who was sat unused on the bench? Um, if you guys listen to the last podcast, uh, Christopher and I chatted about uh, what would happen with Kingsley Coman being out. Um, and I called the Bernat Alaba, Alaba rather, on the left-hand side. And I'm only saying this because I like to be right. <laughs> uh, but it, it wasn't necessarily really effective here. There were 28 crosses for Bayern in the match, and only Bernat's headed chance uh, was the result of an effective cross. Mark, um... How are you feeling about about Hankus sticking to the four one four one, even without uh, true wingers? Even though I mean, you, you could call Bernat one, but he hasn't done it in years. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it was. I think he looked at this match and saw an opportunity to, you know, maybe give it a chance. Um, I. I'm not sure that it was horrible, but I think that it would have been probably better to put someone besides Vidal in and maybe, I mean, I, I almost would like to see him maybe go to a four four two or three five two even, you know, and put three at the back with, and just actually have Alaba and Kimmich running the wings. And I, if you're going to, if you're all you're going to be doing is crossing the ball in, then having, you know, Lewandowski and Muller, Lewandowski and Wagner, some of that com- combination, you know, up front, you can actually, you know, get in and get on those crosses. It seems like it would be, be more beneficial to me. But, um, I mean, it worked out in this match all right. I think we got lucky in a lot of respects with the early goal. It, it opened up the match in a way that I think if we hadn't, you know, if Toliso doesn't have that screamer and, you know, Muller doesn't kick it in off of Schwolo, then, you know, we may be looking at a totally different game. But those happened, and I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> right on. Uh, Adrian, as a Freiburg fan with a Bayern problem, 
<laughs> how how uh, how did how did Byron's four one four one look to you? I mean, I was uh, I was sort of maybe because I, I'm not following as closely. I was a bit surprised to see to see Bernat, but then given the fact that there there wasn't too many. Uh, other options um i guess that would have been you know more preferable uh it's it's a bit uh sorry i'm uh, losing my train of thought here (laughs) no no worries it's okay so so um i want to say that uh the over reliance maybe on the four one four one. Okay, we're not gonna know what Hankus was thinking, maybe, until the right. next week's going forward, because this is the first week or the first match since Kingsley Coman went down. But it seems and you're right, Adrian, there weren't a lot of other options, especially Hamas uh Hamas Rodriguez was out as well, and Frank Ribery being out with the flu. So tactically there, there maybe weren't uh, viable solutions available to him in the match against Freiburg. Does that make sense? Yeah. And is, is Vidal normally playing that deep? Uh, okay. We're going to, we're going to talk about him. In just okay. A recently. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm obviously, I'm, I'm pretty much, I'm very on the record knowing that I'm not, I'm not a fan of his regardless of who, who my clubs, who my club alliance is to. I, right. I, I just, I'm not, I, I don't like him, but um, yeah, it just seemed that he was at a, at a sorts, uh, in, in the, in, if you follow what I mean, like just he didn't seem he didn't seem like he was he was right. Okay, so this kind of segues nicely into the next bit about Arturo Vidal, and uh, I hate to bang on about him once again, but his pass rate in the first half was only sixty nine percent. Nice. Um. His his midfield performance in the single pivot role was saved by uh, Chago Alcantara, uh, a very highly underrated defender, in my opinion, um, and Mats Hummels, who was pressing forward to assist Vidal in the single pivot, uh, while Jerome Boateng had a more reserved role in this match. But still, his performance as single pivot, or at the six is not good enough for the faith that Yapankis continues to have in him. It seems like Hankus won't take any chances with Sebastian Rudy, which is a shame, especially with Rudy's versatility going forward. And I don't know. I mean, you know, you want to give Javi Martinez a rest, of course, but this, this Vidal is single pivot also does not work mark yeah i agree um it's i i do wonder to some extent you know with hummels getting as forward far forward as he was he was during that game if that also limits vidal's ability to you know do the same you know hummels was in a lot of respects playing as a six and vidal was almost dropping back as a center back um 
But I mean, that's but, a, that's the way it's worked in the past. I mean, it, it is, but that's not Vidal's strength. I mean, and that's you know, it, and you know, again, that is the problem is that you know if you don't have Martinez in, who is very capable of doing that and very good at doing that, then and you're putting Vidal in that spot, Vidal tends to go missing. Which is, I mean, how do you make Arturo Vidal invisible on the pitch? I mean, that's like. You know, magic in my opinion. You know, right, right. <laughs> um, but it is a shame that Rudy can't get a look in because I, I think with a little bit more game time, he may be able to be that you know secondary option to Martinez. And if he gets more comfortable in that role and gets a little bit a little bit of form back, you know. It would be a better option in terms of you know overall play and structure. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree with you. Although I do think to say, uh, or I think like I feel like that Vidal can't properly stay in his lane. Yeah, whatever that I mean, is. Well, and that's part of the problem is is that you know in that role. Even though he was staying back a lot more in this match, he still tends to wander forward, which you know causes other problems. So, and Freiburg actually, Freiburg had some chances on the counter. Um, Adrian, how did they? How were they able to capitalize on? the midfield mistakes even though even though it didn't turn into goals there were definitely it, chances oh it very well i guess it very nearly did right when uh when uh, lucas hurler was in on uh with that splitting ball from uh yana cabra mm-hmm. which i mean there was there was acres of space to to get that ball in it, i mean i i can't i can't recall exactly if vidal was out of position it wouldn't have surprised me <clears throat> pardon me but uh, yeah, if not for uh, if not for the uh, the faithful boot of Sven Ulreich, it could have been yeah, that could, we we could have actually been the ones to open the scoring. And I mean, I don't know, I don't know exactly how that changes the game per se. I mean, maybe we can, you know, you play with a little bit more confidence going going up a goal. But yeah, I mean, that was the in ter- in terms of the midfield. I mean, we didn't. We didn't get a ton of. We did, I don't recall a ton of chances. Uh, at least, as, uh, at least as clear cut as that. I I, I know that we we managed. No, that to was get a definitely few. the most clear. cut. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We tried to get it. We were trying to force it up the wings, uh, which is uh, usually and it, and it's usually a specialty to go up the left wing. Christian Gunter is. Uh, he, he never stops running. It never looks like he gets tired. So I think Bayern was trying. We're trying to expose, uh, or at least trying to. To, or Bayern, <laughs> old habits die hard. Um, <laughs> Freiburg were trying to trying to push their attacks through there, and because they've been doing that, so with with a great with a fair amount of success um, in the games leading up. So uh, that's the and that's and that was sort of my big issue is that um, Freiburg we couldn't we couldn't take advantage of the of the opportunities that. Uh, that 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 were handed to us, likely by Vidal's just sort of erratic play, uh, outside of the one really really glorious opportunity in the in the first half. It's it's weird. So it uh, Streich had set up in a five three two. Yeah, which is, I mean, obviously, if you're facing a ton of the ball from Bayern, it plays as a five three two. But it also gets a little versatile going forward as well with the wings coming up, correct? 
Absolutely, and it looked like yeah, because the, those like I said, especially Gunther gets forward. Um, Stenzel on the other side tends to be a little bit more of an offensive, uh, like an offensive presence going forward. If we had seen someone like Lucas Kubla go in, that would have been, hey, let's shut down. I think it's more of a let's shut down shop type of, uh, or let's shut up shop type of uh, type of situation. Still playing with, still playing, uh, playing with a pair of defensive midfielders. Uh, I guess you know to. To, uh, to clean up and to, to provide to provide cover, but yeah, no, it was it it, it did look versatile. It looked uh, it looked pretty versatile to me, you know, to, to get those guys going forward. Uh, I noticed uh, Peterson dropping back uh, further and further into the midfield, and that's he he's he's that type of player, you know. He comes comes back. Uh, we'll we'll pick up. We'll latch onto a long ball. Uh, you know, hold up the hold up the hold up the play so that uh, so that uh, our guys can get forward uh, and, uh, and and distribute. It's sort of an under. I think it's an underappreciated part of uh, underappreciated part of his game. Uh, I did notice though in the second half. I mean, you sort of chasing the game. Uh, strike um, made made some made a couple of couple of uh, substitutions. I mean, it was a straight swap Huffler for uh, for Abrashi, so defensive midfielder for defensive midfielder, and then you can kind of tell he was teetering on going for it when he brought off uh, brought off Philip Leinhart, um, central defender uh, for Florian Kat, who's a who's who's an out and out winger. So I, I kind of appreciated the fact that he didn't just try to lock it up. Uh, in that sort of sense, even being down two nil to Bayern, he he still wanted to try to push forward in more of a traditional four four uh, four four two or four uh, with the double stacks. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm I'm, I'm kind of I mean oh, I wish it I, I would have been happier if it did borne any fruit. Right. <laughs> you know, managed to obviously, <laughs> but it was always it was always going to be a tall task to. Um, to, to come back from that, even though that's sort of been the hallmark this season for for Freiburg coming back from uh, coming back from being down, which is which is not that's not really a bad uh, thing to do, and it shows like an amount of of uh, I guess team spirit and not giving and, up if that makes any sense right no that and that's it that's that's sort of that's one thing that uh that's one thing that freiburg has is that you know they have this this indomitable team spirit that you know we're all in this together uh we we, we sort of we know our place in the world and we uh, we know we have to we, we know how we have to to play in order to be successful and that's as a unit we're not going to be necessarily relying on moments of individual brilliance week in and week out it's going to be a team effort uh, that sort of gets us the results. So, um, <clears throat> moving on, uh, it was a little bit lopsided for for Bayern as Müller playing on the right wing naturally pulls towards the center of the pitch, and then with Bernat and and uh, David Alaba working that left side as a more traditional wing duo. Um, but it worked on the day. Um, Muller and Wagner uh, developed a really good understanding of the space they both occupied. And it was, uh, I don't know, I want to say it was somewhat of a Lewandowski-esque performance from Wagner and a good sign going forward for the club. Mark? Yeah, I agree. It was a very good sign. I mean, Muller 
I always feel like Mueller works very well, especially with, you know, Lewandowski and at times Aryan Robin. And they have very good understandings as to where, you know, Mueller wants to be and where he wants to move around. And when Mueller has that relationship with someone, it tends to work out much better in a match than when he's either up there on his own or he's playing with someone who's not, he's not as comfortable with. And, you know, it's definitely a good sign that, that Wagner can, you know, provide that relationship with him so that, you know, it gives Lewandowski a rescue and, you know, you don't have to worry about maybe playing Muller on the wing and giving Robin a rest as well. Yeah, it's, um, I found it really interesting. Uh, Wagner had five shots inside the box Mm -hmm. and normally, with a back five that doesn't that doesn't always happen i mean he had he had some some really good opportunities he might have scored more than one on the day and it wasn't horrible uh defense from freiburg i mean they were occupying the space they should i think um yeah he was just he was able he was able um and Müller assisted that in the space they created for each other to to pepper the Freiburg goal. Adrian. Oh yeah, no, it was it was it was it was pretty evident that they that they I don't know if, if it's just chemistry on the fly, but no, they did they did work they did work well together. Uh, and I I mean Müller had had was hands down the man of the match. It looked like he was just he was causing problems all over the all over the place. Uh, you know, you said he you said he was primarily playing uh, on the right side. You know, he's he but he drifts over to the left to provide the assist uh, on the goal uh, on Wagner's goal. Who might I who who may I add has the most punchable face in the Bundesliga. <laughs> he also he also has two heads that he scores with. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to get that joke in there. I was wondering when I could, and I got it done. (laughs) It's going to be the running joke of the podcast. Right. (laughs) He totally, okay, so Wagner to me totally looks like, like he should be wearing a beret. Yes. And he should be like a French villain in a Bond movie. I don't know. (laughs) Honestly, he took the words right out of my mouth. Just everything about like his stature, you know, the whole the whole package, stature, facial hair, the way he carries himself. I mean, I love him to death. He's playing for Bayern. But (laughs) there's always this this picture in the back of my mind when he's, you know, when I see him, like part of me just goes, you You can't take that turtleneck off him either. (laughs) (laughs) It always looks like he's wearing a turtleneck regardless. Right. I know. Oh, exactly. Um, before we continue on to the rest of the nonsense, um, Adrian, do you have any final thoughts about the match? You can say no. Uh, I'm glad it's over. <laughs> uh, Bayern and Freiburg will not meet again this season. So. Yes. Well, you know, I'm, I, and again, you know, we, we the first match was 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 five was five nil. This one was four nil. So we can accept expect that if we keep on this trend, you know, eventually by the next uh, what the sixth, <laughs> the sixth or so, we might eke out a one nil win. <laughs> <laughs> 
And uh, and Mark, do you have anything to add before we uh, continue on? Uh, just one quick thing. I think uh, it's probably poignant to point out that, you know, I doubt this is the formation that we'll be going with going forward. I mean, most likely in big games, you know, Champions League and whatnot, we'll probably be going with, you know, Robin and Ribery on the wings, which, you know, changes things going forward. So, you know, a 4-1-4-1 may be what we're playing with, but you know, putting Martinez in the, the six and Robin and Ribery on the wing certainly changes how the game, you know, develops. So, yeah. Okay. So that's kind of interesting. And we can hit on that for a second because they could also, uh, with the loss of Coman, they could also play pretty easily play a four, three, three. Definitely. I mean, there there are options for for Yopankis and for Bayern Munich uh, going forward. And I'm s- sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. I was going to say I'm somewhat. I'm convinced that at some point we are going to see a three line midfield of Hamas on the left, Tiago in the center, and Muller on the right. And I'm not sure that it's a bad thing. I mean, yes, it'll get narrow, but the creativity within that three may open up defenses more efficiently than, you know, Ribery and Robin playing on the wings. I think, okay, I I totally get that. I think if you're going to play that narrow, Thiago Alcantara has to be on the pitch. For sure. And that's why I, I think if you play him in the middle... I, I think Mueller can stay wide enough and Kimmich and Alaba provide enough width that, you know, they can actually still open up defenses in a, a more creative way than what we're probably used to than just straight, you know, wing attacks. Do you think um, – how often do you think uh, Hankus is going to use Frank Ribery? Often. I, I mean, I, I'm not sure I think he should, but I think it, I think when it comes down to it, assuming he's healthy and the so-called important matches, he's going to be the one out there. Him and him and Robin will build, both be starting. I think you'll probably see some combination of, you know, Muller and Hamas with those two on the wings and Lewandowski up stop. And, you know, Martinez is going to be in, so... It's really just a matter of which of Tiago and James is probably playing alongside Muller. Yeah, it's it's kind of a tough choice. Uh, Adrian, how do you see Kingsley Coman's injury um, just from an outsider's point of view, semi-outsider's point of view, and, and how how this what this means for maybe Byron going forward a little bit? Well, I mean, it's never a good time to get an injury, but I think it's probably it might have been the worst possible time for him to get the to get the injury. It looked like he was really rounding into form. Uh, several several man of the match performances uh, prior to him getting hurt, and I mean, I know we touched on it already. The league is the league is done and dusted. So I I'm not. When was the when is he supposed to? Is he out for the for the season? <coughs> confer, is it? Con, it's not, it's not confirmed. It's it's till end of April. 
Hmm, that's, but that's pushing it. That's yeah, that's sort of end of season. And essentially, yes. Essentially. I mean, it, and just for and it, someone, I mean, I've just had ankle surgery and they didn't have to cut me open. Like we had camera mm-hmm. ports and then ports for tools, right? So I had like four mm-hmm. ports in my ankle. But I think for his surgery, so it was a, a, it was a tear of the syndiomosis band, which is the outside ligaments. Mm-hmm. And if they had to go in and repair that, they have to cut open his ankle to do that. That's that's not a arthroscopic. That's true, but from my knowledge, and you know, this is just as a former athlete, I and having had you know really terribly sprained ankles and all the rest, and so I've always heard, and from my experience. Actually, having that operation and being able to repair it, repair it on the outside may actually be better than if it was something internal where they're not going to go in and fix it or just a really terrible sprain. Yeah. Because in some ways, it'll heal faster than if they didn't, you know, go in and totally repair the damage to the um, ligaments. Right. I mean, as far as far as I'm aware, they they did have to repair that ligament. Like it's not just rest. Yeah. And, you know, they'll they'll strengthen that. I, I feel like the strengthening of that ligament may be quicker than if it was just really, really bad sprain. So, so just an opinion, but who knows? Yeah, I'm not yeah, a no, no, absolutely. <laughs> oh, okay, but, but, you know, then thinking about it, if, say, Bayern gets knocked out of Champions League, why well, it would, definitely won't. It won't be in the. It won't be in the round of sixteen. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. No. It is a guarantee. It is a guarantee that it won't be in the round of sixteen. Let's say they get knocked out the next round. What reason does Kingsley Coman have to come back, other than trying to oh, get God, some practice maybe. for France? Which is not a which is not a Byron's concern, really. You know, it's uh, sit him. You know, he's gonna. Uh, there's no. There, to answer your question, there really is no. Their impetus, impetus to get him back for for a club perspective. You know, you want to don't you don't want to reaggravate it, uh, or you know, do anything do anything else to uh, to have him sidelined further for uh, for the upcoming season. So yeah, no, just I, I just leave him alone. Let him hang out, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't see any reason to really rush him back. I, the funny thing is, I don't really think he's probably likely to see a ton of time in the World Cup regardless. So, um, I mean, France, granted, Coman is coming on strong, and it's really kind of a shame to lose him at this point of the season as far as what he means to Bayern and what he creates as far as width on definitely. the pitch. But France's attack... It's ridiculous. It's I mean, absolutely ridiculous. So, I mean, even though he he might have gotten half the starts, I don't know. He could have gotten all the starts. Even that's hard to because Griezmann doesn't play up top for them. I mean, Griezmann plays as a winger too. So, with him and Mbappe, and you know, there's just so many freaking options that they have going forward. I, I mean. I don't know. I don't think he was going to get a ton of playing time. I mean, I think he would have come off the bench quite a bit, but, you know, I I don't think he was going to be one of their, you know, 
starters. Hmm. Interesting. So <clears throat> while we're talking about the World Cup, we're going to talk, talk about some other dudes that may or may <laughs> not be in the World Cup. So uh, Adrian had a little chat about Nils Pedersen earlier. Um, and with his form strengthening, uh, does he get a shot at going to Russia? I mean, with the options being so so few and far between, uh, first I should probably mention I did. This isn't my. This isn't, of course, my idea. I mean, I'm a hundred percent for it. I, I did hear about this. James Thoroughgood on on the Talking Foosball Pod uh, had a little bit of a had a little mention of it uh, in uh, in their latest episode. But uh, yeah, no, I he he. he I'm I'm in total. He's got to he's got to at least be in with a shout. I mean, nobody's going to displace uh, Timo Werner as sort of the as the starter. I mean, Yogi would be would be crazy not to not to not to uh, not to consider uh, Werner as the as the as the go-to guy. But after that, like, I, who's who who are the who are the other options? Well, you've got maybe Mario Gomez, um, you the aforementioned uh, Bond villain Sandro Wagner, um, Lars Stindl maybe. But I mean, in terms of in but terms you, of, you could take Stindl as a midfield player as well. Yeah, yeah, and. Because I think he's been, I think he's been. At least I, I remember seeing him in in more of an advanced role for Gladbach this year. But no, but for, I mean, in terms of, uh, in terms of the the, the character, in, in terms of character, I mean, Peterson's your guy. Um, he's he's taken over the captaincy at Freiburg. Uh, Schuster's been Schuster's been dropped as the captain, and Peterson stepped in the role. Uh, very admirably, um, it's. It ta- I think it takes a special type of player to have his role transform. Uh, what, especially in, in the, uh, the season pr- prior to this, he, Peterson was the guy off the bench, you know. And this was this is this is a player who, who could have gone. You know, when Freiburg were relegated a few seasons ago, he could have he could have sought greener pastures, but he said, "No, I'm going to stay here." You know, they get back up to the Bundesliga. He ends up on the he ends up you know riding the pine, and now it's sort of come full circle where he's the he's the go-to guy. So I think it takes a it's, there's a strength of character in there. Um, so I don't think he would have a problem playing second fiddle to to anyone. And as a role player. Um, I think he would excel in that type of in that type of situation, and uh, Olympic Olympic uh, Olympic final aside, he's been he's been pretty money from pe- from the penalty spot in the last little while. So uh, it's it all it's it never hurts to have a guy who can who can step up to the spot if uh, if need be. So this is this is kind of interesting because now Sandro Wagner has taken on. A, a reserve role with Bayern, mm-hmm. even though he's going to get playing time. And uh, before that happened, you probably would have considered that it would be Werner Wagner, right? Even though Mario Gomez came back and, you know, he's playing in the Bundesliga. Um, yeah, I, I think playing at Bayern never hurts your profile. No, of course not, because. Yogi Love, obvi- I mean, obviously, it's kind of a boon to have, you know, five or six guys that play for Bayern and also play for the German national team. Mm-hmm. And 
we're going to continue that on in a, in a second, because we're also going to raise another question, but love isn't going to take three strikers. Mm-hmm. No. Can I play devil's advocate here a little bit? Cause sure. in some ways you got to wonder if Wagner in some ways was almost smart doing this because coming to Byron, you know, Byron's a, a possession based system. We, you know, control the ball 99% of the time against whoever we're playing. And at Hoffenheim, and, you know, this is kind of the same with Niles Peterson is, you know, they're playing more counterattacking football. Germany is not going to play in a counterattacking style. So does that does their style translate as well? You know, it, it, Wagner getting used to playing in a system where, you know, you're controlling and trying to create things out of very limited space may be more beneficial to Wagner than, you know, Gomez or Peterson or whoever the case may be at this point. Plus, let's face it, you know, Muller is going to be probably the secondary striker most of the time. And, you know, as as Adrian mentioned, Stindl is an option, you know, that he can take as a, both a midfielder and a striker. So I, it's there's a question whether he even takes two full strikers or just plays, you know, someone as a false nine as opposed to, you know, carrying more than one striker. That that brings up an interesting question because uh, Love could ax- absolutely take Stindl as a, as his backup striker too because the midfield as we all know is so overcrowded with talent that it's absolutely ridiculous exactly i think it'll be interesting to see over the next few months what happens as far as injuries to certain players that may be up for the team or maybe on the brink um but that the the 26 he takes to camp and then the 23 that actually go to russia I mean, we did a pod earlier this season, Adrian, where we talked about all the available guys and there were and there were 61. Wow. That's well, that's how that that, that, that's that's like that's three squads. Yeah. All right. I mean, it's just it's an an embarrassment of riches, absurd amount of talent. And not to cut in. But and, think about it. I mean, the under night was it the under twenty ones mm-hmm. won the under twenty world UEFA championship. The Concacaf, or I'm sorry, the Confederations Cup, the Confederations Cup with basically a B team, which means that our A team was sitting at home. So like, you know, Exa- exactly, and like taking all that into consideration, it becomes. I mean. Hell, I'd love to have his uh, Yogi Love's uh, selection headaches because he really does. He's got a wealth of talent to choose from. But mm-hmm. let's let's get off the strikers and um, if, oh, if I if I can just get one last word in, just to just oh to oh my to god, not, I guess just to push <laughs> just to push Peterson over the edge. I need to ask you too. Where did Yogi Love play most of his club football? He played it in the Breisgau. Yeah. So he did. maybe there's a bit of uh, maybe there's a bit of home uh, maybe there's a bit of hometown cooking. Uh, a little, too, a little uh, bit, a little bit of homerism. Maybe, maybe. Uh, well, hey, it can't, it can't hurt. That's probably that, that's how I got on. That's how I got on your. That's how I got on your podcast. So. <laughs> Wait, that's... Yogi, we've got you on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, we're tight. We're tight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, I don't know. You guys know Yogi Love. Like, he tends to be really loyal, and I don't... That's why I think Gomez is going, by if, the way. If you... Yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that Love is not picking Gomez, P.S. And yeah. I don't know... Take, I've been writing... Right, okay, I've been writing about the German national team for coming up on 10 years now, right? And Bayern on nine. Yep. And I have really disliked Yogi Love pretty much the entire time. <laughs> I know that's horrible to say. I mean, even winning the World Cup with Hovedes as a wingback is what? No. <laughs> Just no. <laughs> so, I, <laughs> I mean, somebody, some people will say, well, that points to his brilliance. I'm like, no, it doesn't. It doesn't point to his brilliance at all. It means he got goddamn lucky. That's exactly what that means. Yeah. So, so I wasn't a really, I've never really been a huge love fan, even though I'm a massive Dave Bay fan. Um, especially noted 2012 uh, Germany Italy match. Mm-hmm. Where he played Tony Crows as a six. Oh, that was I'm. Yeah, no, I. Uh, <laughs> I have. I, I mean, like most, I don't have. Uh, I don't have very fond memories of that. Uh, my my better half is Italian, so oh, that wow. was. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not even gonna. I, I can't even count the. I can't even count the seconds on my watch after the final whistle to where I got that text. <laughs> so <laughs> I am. Not only am I not only am I super not only was I super chuffed to to see them get uh, to see Germany knock them out in uh, in 2016, but I am even I'm over the moon that they didn't even qualify. <laughs> <laughs> there there are many many German fans that are happy about the same and about the Dutch not qualifying either. <laughs> but but uh, let's I mean we can talk about this endlessly and. Let's move let's move on to the next player that might merit a consideration. Adrian, uh, how would you feel about uh Sven Ulreich being the third goalkeeper? In a sense it's kind of a I don't I don't want to say this right off the bat, but I guess I will. In a sense it's almost a pointless debate if Neuer is healthy because all I mean he's going to be he's going to be holding the clipboard, right? Mm-hmm. But it, 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 in the sense that it would, it would uh, act as a sort of um, like say, hey, you know what? This is a brilliant job you've done, deputizing for the best goalkeeper in the world at uh, at arguably, you know, I mean, the top a top a top five club in the world, and they, you know, you haven't missed too much of a beat. I yes, I know, I, I I know that there was some 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 rough some rough go a uh, rough go of it in the in the beginning when 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 Ulreich had to had to assume the duties at Bayern. But ah, man, he's just he's just he's come along like night and day. And I think that I mean outside of I mean you know barring Neuer's health knock on wood uh he's going to he's going to be the number 1 and I imagine you're going to pencil in Mark Andre Ter Stegen as the as the number 2 right but after that the the field's wide open like I, I you can you could you have a bunch of a bunch of different keepers in 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 the conversation and I think Ulreich wouldn't look out of place as uh, on, on the bench I I really don't 
Mark? Yeah, I mean, I think um, based on form, personally, I think he deserves it as much as Trapper Leno, and I think those are the two that he's really competing with at this point. Um, the interesting thing is if, you know, we're all assuming Neuer's going to be back for the World Cup. I personally think he will be, you know, again, knock on wood. But, like, if he's not, though, that leaves – I still don't think that there's much of a competition for the starting place. I think Ter Stegen is going to start, which doesn't really leave, you know, it barring injury any time for anyone else. But even then, you know, does he – I think he's got a good shout over Trap at this point considering Trap isn't playing. But Leno, I think, has probably solidified that second or third place depending on whether Neuer goes – just because of how loyal love is to, you know, certain players. and Right, right. That goes back to the loyalty question, yeah. not necessarily the, the skillful. Absolutely. I mean, I think I, I really believe that Ulrich is performing at a higher level, level at, right now, but that doesn't mean that love is going to see it that way. Yeah, that, that brings up an interesting conundrum. And I'm not... Um, I'm not 100% sure that we're going to see Neuer either at the end of Bayern season or at the World Cup. Call me call me a doubting Thomas or a doubting Susie. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Call me whatever you want. It doesn't matter. But I'm I'm really still not convinced that he's going to show up. I I feel like his injury was underreported. As far as how serious it was, notably, I, I, yeah. notably by how much this is keep getting pushed back as mm-hmm. it goes forward. And of course, if Neuer is remotely fit, Love is going to take him. He's he's Germany's captain. You know, there's there's no question about anything like that. But I'm still, yeah. but I'm still not a hundred percent clear that he's going to actually make the competition in Russia. Well, now I'm terrified. <laughs> <laughs> what? You've, I, you've, you've Matt's Mark Andre Terstig. <laughs> oh, I just, I, I keep having flashbacks to the, to the, was it the round of, was it the round of 16 match against Algeria? Yeah. There was an, uh, any other goalkeeper in the, any other goalkeeper in, the, in in Germany's stock of goalkeepers, and 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 they're getting knocked out at that stage. Oh yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, I, I I'm Neuer is the guy. Like he's got to be there. I mean, and it sounds so strange. Like you know, we just talked about how Germany could field theoretically three t- three squads at the World Cup, but when it gets down to when it gets down to the best of the best, you want you 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 need. You need Manuel Neuer in goal, and just the just the thought of him not being there, oh boy. I mean, I've already I've already been sealing myself up towards it, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> because and I may I may end up be being you know perfectly wrong, which I would be, would be more okay which, with, yeah. <laughs> which I would be more than happy to be wrong. But I'm I'm kind of trying to get my head around to thinking. Well, what if, you know, and just in case I'm right, like thinking about thinking about the variables that way. And then especially 
if Neuer were going to be out and Ter Stegen would be number one, then Ulreich definitely has to be in the team. And this is why. Because you're two starting center backs. No, him. And you're right back. And right back. Are Bayern, yeah. are Bayern Munich players. Right? So there's already, there's already this this great and, – and your backup center back. All Bayern Munich. Right. So there's already this great understanding that you don't need to foster – between guys that don't play club football together. No, you make a really good point. I don't know. Call me crazy. We'll see how it works out in the next few months. But uh, let's let's continue on to to um, the last topic. So a few days ago, Adrian, there was this weird rumor about Christian Streich coming to Bayern Munich and how stupid is that i <laughs> I, can't, I can't help but laugh at it i i just i think it's one of those it's it's just something that someone's someone's sort of concocted up in a back room somewhere saying what do we need to do just to 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 to, to, to incite some to incite some twitter warfare or something like that or to get you know, clicks to, or something i don't yeah. even know where it originated from and no. i honestly don't care to know because that's dumb. Um, he is. I love. I love Slice. Uh, he is like cooler than the breeze. He's the coolest guy uh, coaching in the Bundesliga right now. But how terrible a fit would he be for Bayern Munich? I mean, he, he, there's. <laughs> In terms of his coaching ability, of course he's he's he, he's he's an excellent coach. You know, he, he knows how to get the best out of he knows how to make get the best out of his players. And at the risk of, you know, at the risk of pissing off some of my uh, some of my fellow Freiburg supporters, he makes chicken salad from chicken shit sometimes. <laughs> you know, like he does what he does what he needs. To, you know, he, he he like I said, he gets the best out of his players. He uses his he, he uses his systems to his advantage, and. Think that it's all of the, it's all of the other stuff that would be that, that that would sort of just throw him off. Like I don't, I could never, I could never see him uh, stomaching the fact that you know you've got the, the, the what is it the the, the Qatar Airlines right. uh, splat, splattered all over. Like I, I, you can't. This is the guy who this is the guy who in a press conference went on a went on like a went on a 15 minute rant about the importance of uh, the importance of you know accepting refugees into Germany. Like you know, and it's commonplace for him to do that to speak on social issues to have his players engaged in social issues, and it works that way when you've got sort of young malleable minds. But that's not the type of player. That that you tend to see at Bayern, you know, you tend to see the established stars who are set in their ways, who probably wouldn't want to listen to this guy from, you know, some provincial town in 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 the Breisgau. <laughs> so, I don't know how he would be accepted um, by the team. I mean, of course, I mean he. It's I, yeah, the fits the fits just all wrong. Although I did, when I did see the rumor, the first thing that the first thing that did pop into my head is how incredible would it be, you know, if you know if those stars aligned and he did manage if he did go to Bayern, how how incredible would it be to see him lining up, 
on the opposite side of Jose Mourinho or somebody at a, at a Champions League press conference. Like it would be so, it would just be so night and day. And I would, I would, I would, I would, I would, I would relish that if, uh, if it ever came to pass, but yeah, I know it's just absurd. <laughs> yeah. Mark, are you kind of feeling the same, same opinion? Yeah, for sure. I, he, Adrian obviously knows a hell of a lot better than I do, but, um, I think, um, play style and likely, you know, the, the personalities and all the things that Adrian have been talking about within, you know, the Byron squad and dealing with Kale and, you know, Uli and all of that, or, you know, does he really want to deal with that? I, I highly doubt it. The interesting thing is a lot of people have been speculating on whether he would, you know, be a good fit for some of the youth teams and not that he has any interest in that given he's, you know, coaching a Bundesliga squad, but you know, that might actually be a very interesting proposition, but uh, yeah, no, he's, he's basically got a, he's basically written his ticket. Uh, he, yeah. there's no, there's no chance that, uh, that the management at, at Freiburg uh, bail on him. So he's basically got a, I would say he's got a job for life. So he's, and yeah, it's just, it's perfect for him. I don't know, I don't know where he would live that he could cycle to the Allianz Arena. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it'd be a bit of a, I guess it would be a bit of a hike. Uh, that is quite a hike. That is quite a hike from Munich to get to Fort Manning. Yeah. <laughs> Although I do have, I do remember um, I think it was it must have been last year, and I think it was an article, just a little snippet in Kicker for with uh, with noted opinion haver uh, Peter Neurer. Yep. <laughs> when oh, he wow. was talking, about, yes, when he was talking about uh, what the, I think he was talking what the, what he defines as a good manager, and he he of course went right to strike and said, you know, this guy can take a relegated team, uh, earn promotion, qualify for the Europa League, uh, you know, strike would be a champion with Bayern and then of course he goes and has a dig at Pep Guardiola and saying says that Pep couldn't do the same with Freiburg just you know <laughs> so I, just thought, I mean I just thought, honestly he he may have a point <laughs> and, 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 and I don't think that's and, and I mean I, I Susie I know your I know your affinity and uh, to, to Pep we, we, to be honest with you it's one that I sort of share but I, I just it would obviously be nothing against his coaching ability it would just be the fit right it's it's he it wouldn't be right. he wouldn't be a fit down there and uh, but no I just I thought that was quite amusing hey this isn't the first time that someone's piped up about about strike to Bayern even if it was just sort of in passing yeah so so um getting past uh something that's absolutely never going to happen (laughs) (laughs) uh hankus has come out on the record and has now publicly endorsed thomas tuchel to be his successor so all of these dumbass rumors can stop yeah um so it's you know, it's kind of gone back and forth with who are they going to bring in? Da, da, da. Yogi Love is under consideration, but he would have to skip a year. There's no way he could be ready for the rule. I think the talk about Jurgen Klopp is nonsense, and Klopp has talked his way out of Bayern for the rest of his life. <laughs> um, so, and, and Nagelsmann 
I love, but the board doesn't seem uh, ready to commit to him with kind of the form that Hoffenheim is having this season. So really the best available guy for the job and a German is Thomas Tuchel. Okay. And yes, there, there are problems and, and Tuchel, while he's not as outspoken as uh, Christian Streich, is outspoken or was about his feelings, and that's kind of why he lost his tenure at Bayval Bay. Mark, what are your feelings about Thomas Tuchel going forward? Um, I think it's inevitable, to be honest. I, I'm starting to kind of get the feeling that the board has already decided on Thomas Tuchel. I've, I'm almost under the impression that they're, you know, there were the rumors about him wanting robbery to, you know, not exist at Byron at this point. And I'm kind of getting the feeling that, you know, the reason that they haven't already announced Tuchel as the next manager is down to the fact that they need to transition those two out of the club in a way that doesn't disrupt the team at this point. And that's an interesting, that's an interesting prospect. I haven't really read that. No, Um, this is my total, just like random thoughts, but yeah, I mean, I'm just kind of, you know, go ahead. Would that, would that mean waiting a year? I, no, I, I I think what we're what I'm saying what I'm saying is that I think that they're playing along with the you know they're trying to kind of placate Robin and Ribery at this mm-hmm. point and with while knowing that Tuchel is the only real viable option going forward and so maybe they can keep Robin. But I think in general, you know, they're looking at just moving forward and maybe just going with Nabri and Coman and who else, whoever else they bring in, whether it's Malcolm or someone else on the wings and Actually, starting I love, younger. I love the thought of the Malcolm signing. Yeah. And remember, Serge Nabri is coming as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, Mark. No, please be like, square no. you, Susie. I was, trying to finish, <laughs> I was trying to finish my goddamn sentence. No, not at all. Uh, the, the only other thing, I, I mean, I think Tuchel, I think Tuchel is probably a two to three year signing, probably three year if we bring him in. Um, I don't see the relationships between him and Kali and Uli again, working past two to three years. But you know, I think it would be good from a player development standpoint. I think we would get back to a more pep, you know, type of era in terms of how we play. And I f- could see, you know, some improvements happening on the field with under Thomas Tuchel. So he would be like a Van Hall signing. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, you sign him for three years. You get him. For, you get him for two until he pisses everybody off, and then he has to go. Exactly. <laughs> and also treats the team to a to a showing of his testicles yeah. at a out of practice, right? Just, I mean, it's bad enough to think about Louis Van Hall's testicles without having to think about Thomas Tuchel's as well. <laughs> oh my god, this podcast is the best. 
<laughs> Adrian, uh, what's your what's your view on on Robin and Ribery re-upping their contracts? Um, so before you say yours, um, I've pretty much gone on the record and said that we can leave Ribery off and sign Robin for another year. Although I feel like the board will never do that, especially Uli Honus. If one is staying, the other is staying. Um, and I feel like Ribery has not come to the conclusion that he can't do the things he used to be able to do, where Robin has adjusted his play a little better. And it's not as flashy, but it's still effective. Yeah, I mean, it's I guess it's sort of I guess it's dependent on what they're what they're promised. If they're if they're if they if they're promised that they're going to have a a sort of more, you know, the the prominent role as they as they had in the past, then I think, oh, I don't know. That's I mean, yeah bring them back for maybe a year but if they as you said if if robin has done has done a lot better at i guess realizing his uh realizing his limitations right and and accepting and maybe even starting to accept sort of that role as a uh, as as a not necessarily a bit player but as a a specialist uh, or a uh, a super sub type of or as in a uh in in, as part of a squad rotation um i mean no he's still fired is shit and he wants to start every match I mean there have been problems over the last few weeks Mm -hmm. so yeah no uh, but what I meant by like adapting is in the way that he plays oh he plays on the pitch on the pitch not uh, not his attitude going into it and that's that's really kind of interesting like the psychology of uh how you bring those guys back, how you tell them that they should be mentors for Malcolm and Nabri and Coman and the kids, you know, and the kids coming up um, while trying to preserve their dignity as legends of the club as well. It's, it's a, it's an interesting and not altogether comfortable situation. And like I said before, I don't think you can sign one and not sign the other. Yeah, I think you're probably right there. Um, and uh, yeah, I know it's, it's definitely going to depend a lot on, it's going to depend on a lot on what they want. And if you, if you said that what they want is to be sort of key cogs in this, in this, uh, in this team going forward, even if it's only in the, you know, very short term, uh, it's, uh, there's going to be some there's going to be some issues i think for sure mark any uh any final thoughts on two or the like <laughs> nope i think we've covered it yeah i think we pretty much have two <laughs> guys this was great <laughs> um so uh let's end it right here uh I suppose this was supposed to be a shorter podcast, but (laughs) with only one match, but we're all a little mouthy and that's okay as well. (laughs) But thank you 
all of you wonderful listeners for joining us for episode 21 of the Mia Sunrote podcast. I want to especially thank my guests, Mia Sunrote's Mark Almstead. Where can we uh, find you on Twitter? Uh, I, at iNoyerCon. On iNoyerCon. That's a great, that's also a brilliant <laughs> Twitter name. Yours too, Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and my very, very special guest and beloved friend, Adrian Sertle, where can we find you as well? Uh, you can find me at the very original Adrian Sertle. Awesome. But what's your <laughs> Twitter name? Oh, yeah, that's it. Oh, oh yes, I guess my, I, I did have to, uh, I guess as part of the, the transition package from <laughs> one, one fandom to another, I had to change Lamb of God to, uh, to Counter-Strike. And my, uh, my lovely profile pictures are of uh, Christian Strike in all sorts of, uh, uh, I guess, stages Anger, of dis- discomfort and uh, <laughs> animation, let's just say. As soon as, they let us, as soon as they let us use GIFs as our profile pictures, man, I'm on that oh my god i can't (laughs) wait (laughs) and i per usual am on twitter at the suzy shaft t-h-e-s-u-s-i-e-s-c-h-a-a-f again gentlemen thank you so much for joining us and we will get back to you in just about a week thank you for listening as always cheers cheers Awesome. <laughs>